Hi there, and welcome to the Beam Voice Podcast. My name is Petru Konduraro, and I'm glad to have you here. I'm a civil engineer living and working in Norway since 2014, and I'm passionate about building information modeling. I truly believe change is necessary and inevitable in our industry. To implement faster, better, and less costly ways of working, digital transformation is vital and everyone involved must stop just talking about implementing BIM and actually do it. And what way to do it better than just to learn from the ones who have done it in the past or are doing it right now? Hello and welcome to a new episode of the BIM Voice Podcast. Today's guest is the BIM Manager in Statenzagvesen, the Norwegian Public Roads Administration. Welcome, Eirik Osbach. Yeah, thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, let's start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, my name is Eirik and uh, uh, now I work as a kind of a BIM manager for all the engineers and constructors in uh, the division for uh, the bigger projects in Stottenseevassen. So uh, my background is that I'm a civil engineer and I, I've been working with uh, designing roads for some time. And and uh, over the years, my interest in BIM has just developed more and more. And so my task also has, uh, has become more that way. So now I'm working kind of with BIM all the time. Uh, yeah. So you are helping uh, other engineers and planners in, uh, in your company uh, on their projects? Yeah, uh, I try to like, um, I try to uh, get it out there as much as possible. And I try to push the owners of the projects to implement it more and more. I try to help out and do some technical work so that we we can use BIM and uh, use VR, for example, and uh, and new tools, and trying to make it uh, try to add value to the project in that way. And also, I try to to get them interested in the subject. And so, uh, my goal is that uh, once they have tried. Uh, some of the possibilities which lies in BIM, they they won't go back. They they want to request it next time in their next project. So that's the main goal. What do you understand of BIM? What is your uh, explanation for this? Uh... Uh, uh, for me, BIM is uh, is kind of <laughs> uh, it's many things, but I think the most important thing is that it's structured information uh, and uh, 3D geometry is one part of the information which lies in uh, BIM objects. So if you, if you get this established uh, that we can you know, uh, just have a lot of information on, on geometry, then we have a lot of possibilities going forward and we can uh, I see in, in the projects I've been working on, we can just reduce risk so much uh, because we, we have full control over, over all the elements in our, in our project. So, and now there's so many uh, possibilities with scanning, uh, geo radar, 
uh, and uh, and all of this. Uh, there's a new trend, I think, that at least in our company, that all the leaders want to have their information presented in dashboards, and I think that's really achievable with the BIM models. We can extract information from our models and we can present them, present it to them in a, in just a web browser. Uh, so that's great. Wow! Yes, that sounds uh, very positive. How do you do that? What tools do you use for that? Uh, we have used uh, on the on the recent project. Uh, I worked at Otteramfjord, um, uh, which is <clears throat> the um, the road into my city, Tromsø, um, and um, we we saw that we needed to engage the, all the neighbors and politicians, and we needed to make the plans understandable for them, because traditionally we have presented uh, like large text text documents and uh, a lot of drawings, and yeah, it's nobody reads that <laughs> so we needed some way to to like get our information out there so we used uh, Arkis online for that so we just presented the this, the, the road models and bridge models uh, to an online solution and now it's it's on, on it's online so everybody can can have a look at it and understand the project better uh, but yeah you said Arkis on Arkis online. Arkis it's a, online. It's a, yeah. It's a, we have used Arkis Pro to like to to make the presentation and then we publish it online with this uh, Arkis online tool. Okay, so you you make it's a visualization tool. Yeah, for now it's a visualization visualization tool, but it can be used as much more than that as well. But we haven't gotten that far yet. We can. Uh, we wanted to, uh, you know, the, the traditional way when we have, uh, when we are doing a project, we need to get input from the, um, from the neighbors and politicians and all kinds of other, uh, other stakeholders. So, uh, and mostly that, that is done by like having a bunch of meetings. And uh, also we, we do a lot of, uh, sending out letters by mail and it's just really tedi a tedious process so but Arcus online lets us uh, it makes it possible to like do that just online so it's it's much much easier for us uh, but uh, yeah but it's early days still so uh, but I, that, that's definitely the road that we're heading wow trying to yeah. simplify that sounds a very smart approach, actually, because this this is very important, actually, to to take the uh, the most possible input you can get from everyone, everyone involved in in this, ev everyone who is going to use the project in a way, the final product. Is there any way to get any feedback from the uh, from the involved parts here, from the stakeholders as well? Yeah, yeah, we haven't enabled it. For our project this time, uh, uh, but uh, there's just a JavaScript application on top of the viewer, so you can have the the, the end user can just like 
point in the 3D model, add a marker, and fill out their comments. And they can also upload uh, if they have some documents and so on that is relevant to their uh, the case, then they can upload that as well. So it's kind of like DCF. Uh, yeah, they have their own. It's <clears throat> it's it's kind of early days, so they I don't think they are like totally compliant with the the BCF schema, and uh, there there must be some development done there, but. I think that's the future when you can connect all the uh, the BCF uh, topics uh, from the project team, and you can kind of see that, uh, and you can also have the BCF coming from uh, other parties as well. What do you mean by BCF? Uh, the BIM collaboration format. You know when you can, uh, if you if you um, if if you use Revit, for example, and some other uh, guy on the project is using another tool, then you it's possible to to mark up uh, things in uh, in the in the model and send that to the other person. So we have actually used that a bit as well uh, um, in our project because then. Uh, before we needed to, we as the road designers needed to just be part of the meeting just to present the model. So we need we needed to like spend half a day just traveling to some meeting and just to be, sit there and rotate the model. But we see it's it's much more efficient to just have the uh, the project leader grabbing the 3D model with him, and he can he can kind of take notes directly in the model and send it back to, to us who, who, uh, who gets, the, gets the messages and we can fix, fix uh, the issues that they're pointing out or comment on them or stuff like that. Mm. I understand. Uh, do you use any specific tool for this or you just uh, use the same model like in Revit? Uh, writing the the issues and uh, using email to send everything, or you use a um, cloud tool or something. Uh, it's uh, now we have been using um, uh, NovaPoint Quadri, the Quadri model, which is quite quite com uh, quite a common uh, tool in infrastructure or road projects. Uh, so they have um, they have made it possible to use uh, topics in their application, so you can send messages back and forth. So we have been using that a bit, but we see that to integrate other tools, we want to integrate ArcGIS Online for that. And that's a little bit more. We need some uh, some uh, development there to make that work. So so now it's it's not as smooth as I, I wish it is. I wish it was, but uh, but I think we're getting there. Do you have any developers in your team or uh, in, in Statens Agresim that can help you if you need help with something to customize anything? No, uh, that's been a, I, I really want that. <laughs> I wish I had that, but uh, not yet. But I'm trying to, um, I'm begging <laughs> for that to happen. <laughs> so, but actually me and, a colleague is uh, is quite nerds, so so we do a lot of scripting and and stuff. Uh, but we are not good enough yet to make all of this happen. 
I think. So, yeah, I'll just uh, continue to um, ask my boss for that. Yeah, yeah. This is a symptom I've I've seen a little bit around that. Uh, and this is, I think, is one of the reasons that the things are not going so fast as we might expect. Uh, the top uh, leadership is not so well informed, actually, about how uh, this uh, uh, to implement uh, uh, the BIM mindset and philosophy better from the top, from the start, would help the projects. And I think there is a work. Actually, this is a this is something I have on my own agenda. I need to find a way how to do that. I don't know yet how I'm going to do it, but I've seen this. Uh, for me, to be honest, it sounds uh, very weird, like a, such a big entity, a state company, to not have uh, some uh, some developers in house to help with uh, with the project. Yeah, we have. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong, because we have a lot of developers, but I just haven't gotten the uh, resources on on my project. Okay, for the for uh, for BIM yeah. on your department. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I understand, mm. but uh, mm. yeah, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's something that uh, that we need. Maybe uh, we need to find. I don't know. We just need to to keep asking until yeah. <laughs> we are going to get yeah. it right. <laughs> but it's something yeah. that must happen uh, because it's it's necessary. Like uh, we use so much technology in our work, right? And uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a necessity. It's not a luxury or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about um, research and development? Do you have uh, someone working only with this, or it's you who's do who's doing this, who's uh, trying to look out for uh, innovative solutions or trying different softwares? how you could use them on your projects to to improve the workflow or something yeah actually we have just i, I don't feel like uh, we had southern uh, sevas and has just been through a major transformation uh by by this uh, it's actually been a few or since we have been a new organization since january so things are kind of still settling a bit but but we have a uh, we have started a it's called Digi Gruppen, which is supposed to help the project uh, on like testing new software, implementing new things. Uh, for example, VDC. How can VDC help our projects? Uh, which tools are we going to use, and so on, and just to like share experiences and uh, and try out new things. But also we have so this is the kind of kind of a day-to-day -day thing more or less uh, but we also have a lot of research going on in uh, what is called Wirksomhets Utviklings Tiltak or the English word is something like uh, organization development projects uh, and there are actually some very interesting things happening there on the BIM side we have this project called uh, uh, which is trying to, to to create a data model for BIM models. And the idea here is that 
it's going to be uh, totally parametrical. So you have a framework for parametric models. Uh, and this is uh, done in a format uh, which is called the GML, uh, Geographic uh, Markup Language, uh, which is uh, basically XML, but um, it's in order. It's in compliance with the OGC, OGC standard, which is uh, like all the the GIS, uh, the standardization uh, organization in your, in the world. So, um, so we are trying to to develop that uh, because GML will, will work in uh, in all phases of a project from uh, early early design phases to to construction um, to get data out in the machines in the site and also when we when we want to as asset information after the as built data can you use it also for maintenance afterwards yeah that's the idea yeah mm. so it's uh it's I have a really strong belief in that uh, because I think IFC is very, very is great, but I think Limit. one problem with yeah, yeah, and it's not parametrical. So you mostly get like if you have if you get an IFC model, you can't you can't do anything about it other than like checking if it's checking it. <laughs> Or uh, you know you you can't you can't redesign it. So that's what we're trying to achieve with the GML and and this is in compare we are uh, working together with uh, Nyavair on this and uh, Kartverke uh, and others. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's really good and this actually is something that uh, uh, our guest in the first episode uh, talked about. Uh, uh -huh. And he he mentioned something that we don't actually need IFC format. We don't need a standardized format. But actually, what we need is interfaces that we can take the data from everything around us and just model it how we wish, so we can use it. So actually, what if I understood correctly, you are doing just that. You are building an interface that you are going to use to do that to use the data to design, build, and uh, use. Uh, or uh, manage the, the project afterwards yeah we are we are basically building a data model a data schema which 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 uh, sets uh, requirements for how is the if you take a road model for example how is the road model going to be delivered to us so that we can have control over it and that we can use it to uh, and then i think maybe what Oh, the most exciting thing uh, I think is that when this is when this is uh, established, then you can go away from like transferring files. You can just stream data over the web from different services, web feature services. So that's I, I think that will be uh, one idea is that you know with circular economy and all the stuff that's going on there, if that's going to work we need to know what's what's uh, how how where and how many resources are available so we can for example take uh, 10 kilometers of a road uh, which is going to be uh, rehabilitated rehabilitated 
and if we know how how thick the asphalt is how much much we have of all the components we can say that okay uh, just an example if you we can say to the con to the entrepreneur that uh, if if you manage to reuse 95% of this then it's then you get a bonus for example you get an initiative to to like uh, look at look at uh, the material as a resource and not just as waste you know hmm. but that's really difficult to do when we don't know what's in the ground but uh, I know that Staten Sevasen has a lot of data that we have uh, and also there's new possibilities with uh, the use of georadar and machine learning so I think it will be possible to to know this and then we can uh, yeah, I think that's really exciting. Okay, tell us a little bit more about machine learning. I'm very interested actually about this. Yeah, I'm almost, I'm on the verge of being single right now because I'm so inter interested in uh, machine learning actually because I'm just sitting, sitting with, like reading about it all the time when I'm home. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we see a lot of, uh, Actually, that's that's also a, this this kind of turns out to be a commercial for ArcGIS, but I'm just so in love with the, with that software <laughs> uh, because um, um, we we can use uh, it comes with a lot of Python libraries for machine learning, so uh, so we 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 see that it's possible to like just uh, do uh, uh, traffic counting with uh, with just a uh, video camera so we can use image detection to count vehicles for example we can use uh, machine learning to to locate cracks uh, that's also Im image detection and uh, we can we can log that in a map as we go uh, but i saw uh, i was on a conference where they where uh, there was a, this company in Trondheim who um, who actually use uh, georadar and machine learning to like get an understanding of how where is the is, where is the bedrock and uh, now they were going to test that out on uh, smaller uh, with drones and uh, try to to do that in small scale project as well so. Uh, and I, I just talked to those guys. I, I'm not an expert in the field uh, at all, but he said that it's really promising, and and the, the algorithms get better and better all the time. And and uh, yeah, so it's a hope that in the future we can just scan and see what's kind of detail what's under the ground. But shouldn't that be already information available in uh, yeah from uh, from drawings? Yeah, kind of. But the traditional methods is uh, like we have to we have to drill holes, and we can't just drill holes everywhere. <laughs> so uh, and it's quite expensive as well. So so what they were doing is that they were combining data from uh, from uh, holes that they had drilled, and laying that on top of the scans, they were or the data they were getting from the scans, and then they were able to map between the we can see that hair is from uh, uh, this kind of soil and there's another kind of soil here and, and they can just see this how the structure is uh, 
uh, followed how, how the structure was was laid down in the in the ground but uh, but it was quite uh, quite early days there as well so uh, uh, but but it's it's exciting yeah it's definitely very exciting and necessary like you said you need to know uh, what you have in order to know how you can reuse it because we are very uh, in need for that we need to start uh, this uh, mindset shift as well regarding that uh, we, are, we don't have unlimited resources and we need to be smarter than we are today on our uh, building sites yeah yeah totally mm. yeah um you said something about vdc before and i remember that you just uh, you finished the vdc program at uh, the norwegian uh, university in trondheim can you tell us a little bit more about that uh, what uh, what did you learn in this program uh i think it was a great program uh, because uh, the whole uh, i feel like everybody just came together and shared experiences basically i think that was the key key takeaway from the whole thing and also uh the vdc framework is like it's really good to like uh, establish a common mindset on how to work in model based projects because you know uh before when we were using drawings then there was like long periods then you had to have a meeting and then you when then you had uh, then then there was a period of design and another meeting and so it's like it took it took a long time but we see that uh what well, basically a thing i was just like totally totally understood uh, during the course was that other uh, thing the thing that takes time uh, it's like waiting for somebody to respond. Uh, you know, you have a question, and uh, and maybe you send them a mail, and then you get an answer like two days later, and then you can move a little bit forward. Uh, but if you add all of these things up, uh, think about all the requests that is happening uh, in a large project, then like if every every question needs two days to be answered then it's going to take a long time so the the thing is uh, with the vdc is that uh, it establishes uh, it establishes a mindset for how to how to deal with this we need uh, we need uh, many iterations we need uh, to to uh, collaborate across uh, organizations companies I think everybody on that course just understood like we when we were finished we had like a common understanding for yeah this is this makes sense you know we should be working in this way uh, and also uh, there's a lot of focus on measuring stuff and um, one thing that we are using now is uh, the model maturity index uh, which has been established from um, uh, EB you know EBA <laughs> Yeah, the the organization for uh, general contractors in Norway, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So they have uh, developed like this uh, framework for uh, describing how far you are in a project, uh, and that's really helpful because then we can use that as a 
to plan the project and it's 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 no use to like have the the guy who's who's uh, doing all the uh, yeah for for example also you need to do things in the right order so the road designer needs to be a, a little bit uh, has gotten quite a bit before the other ones needs to like work full time on the thing and uh, so it it leads to a lot of uh, we save a lot of time with that approach I understand um, yeah you said uh, VDC framework uh, what is the role of VDC in BIM or how do they play together yeah in VDC that then BIM is like one component in the VDC framework uh, we have you have uh, five components and uh, it's basically that you need to establish the, the you need to establish the goals first uh, the the owner's goals must be translated into project goals so that's like the first two two key things and then you have bim because you want to use the best tools available and then you measure measure stuff and then you need to like have a plan for what are you going to do when things go wrong or you start lagging behind how are you going to deal with that so that's the whole thing i guess but uh for me it's it's much more of a mindset than like this strict set of rules it's we need to the key takeaway for me is that yeah we just need to to work better together and vdc creates like a common some common words that we can use to understand each other and uh yeah common processes it's uh the, the challenging with this i think it's very unclear uh like the same with beam right i think this is one of the reasons uh, people struggle to really understand and learn and adapt more from uh, from beam uh, uh, we have uh, many uh, concepts out there uh, every time they come new one and uh, it's a little bit misleading uh, and it becomes harder and har harder to understand uh, i might maybe exaggerate a little bit but uh, uh, for how i try to see now at beam uh, like i said the philosophy or a mindset uh, but not only uh, uh, as a tool but a way to think and uh, and when we when i'm thinking about the information i'm thinking about actually everything that you have as information not only what you use in the 3d model but like you said for example you get input from uh, from the uh, different stakeholders right uh, that input is information and you are going to use that to design and uh, to build the project that they can take advantage of that. And when you think from this maybe holistic point of view, every every kind of every bit of information you get in. So uh, from that point of view, I see like beam uh, like a big circle around everything that needs to to be taken into account from from each department and each actor to 
to be able to to deliver and not only deliver but only to use and monitor the facility over time because we build we don't build for uh, 10 years right we build for 50 years and especially for infrastructure we build for 100 years right yeah it's uh yeah it's it's a little bit uh you did design different parts for different periods and so on but yeah the time span is def- definitely very long so it's good qualities it's important yeah but but uh you were saying that so you see bim like if you have like this venn diagram then you have like bim is the whole circle and you have different things yeah how you see i don't say i'm right uh, but uh, this uh, in this this is the development of uh, of my understanding of bim uh, after starting to talk so much with people uh, so i'm still i like i said is not something that is set in stone it's something uh, ever developing but uh, uh, since everything is like when you say bim is building information modeling right so you model information to build things uh, so every bit of information we have that plays a role in this yeah it's used in the process right but like i said uh, it's it's so easy to to interpret how you wish right but at the end actually uh, what is uh, the most important thing from here it's that uh, we need to try to to work uh, better together i think there is the this is where i want to get with this because if only some of the stakeholders involved in the process they try to do the it's not possible to do it without everybody understanding what you try and why you understand why you try to do it right so from this point of view yeah uh, i think uh, for me the the venn diagram is like if you think of it of in the context of vdc then like the whole um venn diagram is uh the um, the vdc and then you have like the building information models in one of a box inside that you know uh but uh but it's much more like what what information do you need to put on the objects yeah. and that's uh, vdc helps a lot in in uh, in doing that yeah so you need you you, you know you can define your own uh, information on there so yeah I completely agree with what you said because you said building information models and when you say when you put it that way I'm thinking like a 3D model complying with beam yeah. you said the 3 uh, beam uh, information model right but uh, when you when you think like I was saying uh, about modeling the information and just forget just don't uh, uh, think w- when you use modeling the modeling world don't think about the the 3d model itself but like a way that you manipulate the data the information right from this perspective perspective i mean i don't mean yeah. only about uh, uh, but yeah that that is another term uh, building information model because yeah when, when you say that you you mean the model you you build in 3d with the information you need so yeah it's it's so easy to to misunderstand or to to understand a different nuance right because uh, it's yeah uh, 
it's so differently used from uh, from person to person from organization to organization right so uh, yeah but uh, i don't say that some of this is wrong it's like we are allowed to have our own opinions right and like i said i don't have i don't uh, say that this is right i'm i'm always trying to learn more and uh, try to look for more authentic informations to to uh, reinforce that what I think is actually true and uh, or not. So, yes. Yeah, for sure. I understand what you mean. And uh, I think there's a lot of commercial who has gotten mixed up in the whole thing as well. You know, you hear now you hear this, all of this like digital twin. And what is a digital twin? <laughs> it's like, is it? A, and, and the same thing with the uh, BIM models. Some, some say BIM models and it's just a 3D geometry, but that's not what it's about. It's about adding useful information to whatever you are dealing with. And uh, a digital twin as well, what is that? Is that a, laser, is it a point cloud of the scanned uh, thing you are building? Or, But no, uh, in my mind, that's, that's a new discussion but in my mind that's like a set of microservices working together to deliver data combining many sources of data like sensors and stuff yeah 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 the digital twin right now it's it's a buzzword what do you think about um, the other organizations around in the construction industry here in Norway about their um, state of beam adoption? I think the situation in Norway, I think it's still early days, but I think we have gotten kind of far. We are, I think Norway is, has gotten very far compared to many other countries. So I think we're doing good, but I think it's still early days. And uh, I think a lot will happen. And I think the whole thing with, you know, we have this long phase of just like trying to get people to understand what it is and and uh, and how we are going to use it. And I think just uh, like everybody is learning all the time. And I, I noticed this mind shift from a few years ago than it was, uh, what's this, what's uh, this, uh, uh, a lot of people was kind of skeptical, but I feel that that's gone, that's kind of, disappeared now and uh, I think uh, I think also that uh, there's a, a lot of great really inspiring uh, people working in our industry now here in Norway which is uh, and they're also willing to share their knowledge uh, so that, that's that's the thing I, that I really love about this industry now is that uh, and I also, I also think that's kind of unique for Norway because uh, it's weird to like be, you have this guy working at this company and he's just sharing all this knowledge with another guy who works in a competing company. That's, that's kind of, that's very good. And I think everybody sees that that is very beneficial. And I also think that that's going to be like a main advantage for Norway in the years to come because we, we trust each other. So, uh, uh, yeah, and I see. I actually heard the ones for them, because they have tried to have uh, like this VDC courses in other countries, and then there was a problem that 
people didn't want to speak to to people across other companies because that that would be like leaking information and stuff. So, but that's not an issue here. I feel I don't feel that at all. So, wow, you cannot say you cannot say that you you use or you adopt BIM if you have that mindset. That's 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 the biggest challenge. You see it right there. Yeah. Yeah. You you cannot say you use BIM if you have this mentality. Like you in a in a world where you adopted BIM from uh, before planning, like to the study phase to uh, using and maintaining the project. Like if you want to to do all these phases, you everybody needs to be involved and share their information. That's that's yeah. right there. Oh my god! Yeah, totally agree. So uh, yeah, and it gets and it's a lot more fun and social as well. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we grow together uh, as a society, as a continent, right? Uh, why not? Why not as an entire planet? I don't see any problem with that. Me neither, but there's a different different uh, cultures. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just uh, happy that we have this mindset there. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 also happy and uh, grateful for being here as well. I've been here since 2014, and uh, yeah, I uh, like you said, the last years I've seen uh, lots of uh, uh, good things happen, and uh, yeah, uh, I I just uh, look, I'm looking forward to see uh, more and more. But uh, you mentioned you you worked in England before, no, or no, sorry, no, no. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, just because I, I'm a little curious about England, in England, because I know also that they have gotten very far. I will soon have some guests from there as well. And uh, regarding uh, uh, VDC, I plan to have uh, to invite uh, someone from the university actually to try to help clarify with the misunderstandings with. Uh, to get a better understanding of BIM and VDC and how these work together and how we should look at things. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's something I have on uh, on uh, on my calendar. Great. Yeah. Um, regarding, um, you said, yeah, that we, you are happy and we are excited about this, of course. But are there any parties from from these that are doing better than others like when you look like uh, from a role perspective like designers builders and asset owners and don't think only about statins aggression because uh, like you said uh, you uh, th there are happening uh, many good things that, but it's a it's a big company right a state company a state-owned company uh, but there are many other actors uh, like uh, uh, municipalities, communer in Norway, right? Do you think they are uh, up to date regarding this, or they need more help to get there? I think they they need more help, definitely. And I think that uh, basically all the asset asset owners needs to start like really demanding control of their own information, because right now I think uh, for the like in the earliest contract where we said that this is, we are going to use BIM, then it's like, okay, we are going to use BIM, but 
but you need to specify what kind of information do you need and and uh, the asset owners must really embrace that and like we need this information because this is going into our digital twin or asset information model uh, whatever you want to call it and that's really useful information so uh, so i think there's so much who needs to be done there <clears throat> but uh, one one issue which i think is maybe the the the, the most problematic one now is that we lack standards. So if you have this one project where you have a bunch of uh, people who's really, really uh, interested and, uh, and want to try to like do all this, create an asset information model, then you can do that for only that project, but it doesn't scale because uh, you don't have a standard that you can like follow and like we need I think we need uh, ISO standards for for that that we can build on and luckily there is there is doing there's been uh, there's a lot of work underway there uh, it's you know when you today when you buy like a, a TV or something you get this uh, uh, brochure that goes along with it, like a PDF document, which are with a bunch of technical information. And I know that right now uh, they are working on uh, like, how can we make this uh, information machine readable? So we can start requiring and looking up all the projects in a database, which uh, satisfies this kind of functions and demands. And we can, uh, we can choose, uh, choose the right one. Uh, that we need so i think uh, i think the, the pro there's a problem with the lack of standards uh right now but uh mm. but are you for example uh starting like this and are you working on such uh, beam compliant standards i know you have a handbook or something but uh, it's that up to date is that what you mean like is that enough uh compared to what you wish it had be, been yeah we have uh, two uh, we have two initiatives going the one i mentioned earlier with the which which is trying to create a data model uh, that we can use to set demands and stuff in our contracts and the other one is called vu 04 which is uh, how it, which is basically about asset management information so in that project, which I'm not involved in that, but uh, I know they are working uh, on uh, on how can they use the BIM models after afterwards in a in a longer perspective. So I know there's work uh, going on, but I'm kind of uh, I'm just really eager to get started. So I wish they would just finish tomorrow, so we could just start using it. You know, <laughs> but it takes some time. Yeah, but, uh, but but there's work going on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I have uh, regarding what is happening right now in the construction industry, at least in Norway. I have this feeling like we are in that phase where Google has been in uh, 1990s, uh, a little bit before 2000s. Uh, like we are so close 
to get where we want to get but we're still struggling and we're still we still have elements that drag back this uh, are opposing to it even if yeah uh, it will just delay a little bit it cannot uh, stop this anyway any this transformation it's going to happen and and i'm just thinking if like uh, because norway is a small country right if you develop a strategy or something that can be applied in the entire country like uh, and to focus on this like maybe uh, united kingdom is doing with uh, like the mindset and the uh, the uh, laws they are uh, they, they got out regarding bim and such in a spam of like 5 years can you imagine what that can mean if you can get there in 5 years instead of 15 or 20 years that can have a huge huge impact in the process progress to get there yeah i don't know it, it was just a thought and i felt to get it out there yeah i i think uh i think in 5 years i think we'll uh, i think it's going to look a lot different so i don't think we're looking at like 20 years and not at all i think we're in a few years because this wave 53 is supposed to be finished uh, next year and then uh, the software guys need some time to like implement it in their uh, programs and then all the users needs to know how to use it and hopefully i think that will be a driving driving uh, force for that and you know because then then starting servers and can begin to demand like this we just we just uh, yeah it's it's going to be a, like a demand for from us so we we want to use like our position to like push the push the industry in the right direction yeah that sounds great so. and uh, and that's very good like uh, i see banenur aligning as well with this starts big is doing already this and this is great right but um yeah uh, i still uh, think we need uh, to find a way to to drag t- together with us the other ones that are not doing well you have uh, i wanted to like uh, give some credit to the guys at uh, building smart because they are facilitating a lot of things uh, so we see that a lot of things that happens uh, is by um, people from different firms coming together are there any other exciting things happening in uh, the AAC industry that excites you? You said a little bit about machine learning. We talked a little bit about VR. Is there anything else you are looking around for? Yeah, it's too much. I, do, I don't have time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that uh, there's just just don't not enough time, you know. But I think uh, I think VR is really exciting because uh, and AR, and I think the next step now is uh, now we have like these great software companies who enable us to go into the like experience the models and stuff. But I think uh, the next step now is to like create applications in VR, which is useful for the use case. For example, we have uh, before we build our project projects we need to have uh, this uh, security revision traffic security revision on the project and then uh, 
there are certain people who's uh, doing that, who's certified to do that, and they use mostly drawings uh, to have a look at like how is uh, everything set up and stuff. And I don't think that uh, I, we don't we we miss a lot of stuff going that way. So I think it will be so great to like build applications where you can just be in the seat of the driver and just like check out for all these things that is the is there is the line of sight okay here is there some bad geometry here and stuff i think we could just make better projects but but that's it's not enough just to like be in a vr model you need tools when you are in the vr model to to yeah to to be in the seat of the driver so I think that's the next step in VR. So that's, we need to, to develop games uh, for doing that. But, but that's kind of when you ask uh, the boss about, hey, can I develop a game? Then uh, we, we are not there yet, I think. <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping we get, we'll get there. Yeah, I think I've seen some work regarding this. Uh, mm -hmm. There is a company from AS Civil FX. Did you heard about them? No, no. Uh, they used to make visualization for projects, and I think they got a grant from Unreal Engine to develop something regarding traffic, uh, some videos and something like this for in uh, United States. So that might be something that uh, can uh, can be done. Uh, I don't know to what degree, but it might be something that is actually happening uh, earlier than uh, you would expect or think. Aside of VR, uh, is there anything else uh, that you think might be useful? Uh, robots? Do you have any? Do you use robots in any projects? Drones and such. Yeah, we use a lot of drones. Uh, um, we do that uh, just to, and I think that there's a great possibilities with that as well. To like to have uh, to use drones to scan the project uh, certain times in the in the building phase, and also before we use drones. Also, uh, when we um, because certain we 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 don't only build roads. We we have the in, we look after the roads as well. So, so uh, we use uh, we use uh, drones to uh, um, to inspect like this, uh, rock slides uh, where there's danger for rock slides and stuff. And uh, there's many many use cases for that. So uh, yeah, now it's it's really become quite cheap as well to use that kind of technology. So uh, thank you. Do these drones uh, work uh, autonomously, or uh, you need to navigate them where you want to navigate them? I haven't been working with that specifically, but I think they're not anom uh, autonomous yet. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they have using that possibility yet. You know, but I, but I, what about your project? Are you using it? Okay. I'm kind of interested in. Is it? Have you seen like the Boston uh, Robotics? You know, with a dog that's walking around on the 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just curious, curious. Is that just a gimmick, or is it really adding value to the project, or is it like? I don't know. I'm, I need to. I need to find out. <laughs> in uh, in the last episode, the episode before this, I uh, I talked with Evin uh, Shalestal from IF Gripen, and he he said that they are using some. Uh, skeletons that can enhance your powers like um, you have them back and you can use them to lift some big weights and such right they are trying that they are not uh, uh, using them full scale but they are trying that and he said it's it's working well and uh, it's not very advanced technology either it's not anything automated or something is just uh, uh, mechanical and the springs and yeah and you yeah you just uh, pull and drag some things and you <laughs> you move things yeah that's uh, that's something uh, interesting yeah that's very interesting yeah huh. yeah and i i think he said they use also some some robots that are that are scanning the building site from a spanish company scaled robotics or something like that i have a lot of googling to do uh, afterwards <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's no problem you just need to listen to the previous episodes and you <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll find yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. i will what else can we do to to speed up the process i know uh i like uh, we both agree like the things are going going on the right direction in Norway this is a very important precisation because it is not the same around the world what is there anything else you see that uh, we could focus on to try to improve to speed up even more this yeah show uh, to show good examples that's the only way I found if you have like if you have uh, something you want to test out, just uh, do a quick uh, demo, get a good uh, presentation going, or like do a good example so they see that it's working. Uh, for example, with the ArcGIS stuff, we just tried it out. We just spent a, a couple of days just setting the whole thing up, and and then there was like. Uh, we showed it to the to the owner and uh, the project leader and they were like yeah we're, we're going to use this so that was much more powerful than if i was just to like talk about it in general like yeah we have this thing that we think might work uh just try to make it work and sh have an example to show and uh and then they will tell you if they don't like it or if they like it so uh, uh Right now, we are also testing, uh, like, we have bought this uh, uh, augmented reality uh, set from Trimble, uh, Trimble Sight Vision. And we are setting it up now to, because we have in our project here, it's also in here in Trumsa, we, <clears throat> we, like, we have this discussion with, uh, with some other parties ex external parties and they're concerned about how is the roads how the road or is going to fit in in the, in the landscape so we are just wanted to show them with uh, the use of vr 
So we're, we're just going to meet them there and, and show them the models and, and then we'll learn if this is an effective tool. And I believe that it really that it is. You know, I think they'll get a much better understanding. So I think, uh, yeah, just uh, just uh, my, my approach is at least to like try to create an example, uh, even, uh, even if like in your spare time or something. And uh, and then just show it to them and try to get money to uh, to develop it further. That's so nice to hear, because and uh, motivating and uh, empowering for me as well. Because uh, this is what I wish uh, this podcast to be. I wish to be a platform where I can showcase a good examples that deserve to be followed. So yeah, yeah. that that was nice to hear. Yeah, thanks. Regarding. Uh, planners that are not understanding or not using or did not adopt yet the full beam mentality or approach right uh, what could they do to learn to become more proficient in this and uh, and even more importantly why why the old way is not good and how can they come to the good side if you can put it that way uh, yeah you know uh, i think that you know society uh, or the the whole industry is changing so you just have to keep up and i don't spend so much time like trying to convince people or i, I do to some extent of course but it's not like I, if if I if I just notice that uh, here's a guy that is really not interested, then I just move on. Uh, I don't spend too much time like trying to like sell the thing. I just try to push it on uh, to help uh, the ones that's interested, in, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, it's a good idea to like find some project leaders who is uh, having. Uh, offensive uh, attitude and then it's much more easier and if you try to like push it on somebody that really don't see the point then you're just going to going to be exhausting for everybody I think so I think you know there was a time before uh, actually a very interesting thing we have the here in Levas uh, we have uh, like it's before Christmas all the pensionists who worked there before uh, come in and uh, they drink coffee and uh, eat cake and stuff and and we talk together and so I I spoke to this guy who worked as a road designer back in like way before I was born and he said that it was really tough work because they were just the whole summer they were just out chopping woods <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm just trying to figuring out where the where they should build the road you know and and then they went from, uh, I, I don't have the whole history, but there was a similar shift, you know, when we went to to uh, to AutoCAD or Duck systems. Uh, there was a similar thing then, and you know, the, there's there's no there's nobody out in the woods now, uh, chopping woods before they're <laughs> like <laughs> trying to. So I th it's just a natural thing. I think it's just gonna you have this early adopters and you have this like uh, late who's skeptical but 
it moves forward kind of naturally. I think if you have good examples to show, then it will speed up the process. Yeah. Are there any specific resources that, for example, these people that might be actually interested to learn more and uh, to improve their skills and yeah, maybe to move to a full-time position where, where they can work more with BIM? Uh, are there any resources or uh, yeah, things to do you would recommend? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm quite a nerd. So I, I do a lot of like, I read a bunch online and stuff. And I read like the things that comes from building smart. And uh, I look at all the webinar or most of the webinars coming out of there. And and also I use a lot of, uh, I see that it's very beneficial to learn some coding. So to have some Python courses online and uh, JavaScript and stuff. So I think all the resources you need are basically available for free online. And uh, so if you're interested and you have like this drive to, to spend time there, spend time on it and it's kind of a hobby, then, then it's just, just everything is available, I think. So, and I, I would also like to recommend uh, uh, BIM, the BIM Corner, uh, pod, um, not podcast, but blog. But uh, yeah, the point is that you have a lot of courses online and I use LinkedIn Learning also. Uh, I think it's good and also all the software have really good documentation so uh, if you want to learn for example RGIS then it, all the um, there's a bunch of very, very good resources to get started there yeah so you just need to be willing to and uh, yeah grab some yeah uh, it can be easy yeah, to start with LinkedIn learning you can find more than enough to start with definitely Uh, and you yeah. can find it for all kind of uh, yeah disciplines. It's not uh, focused only for designers or only for constructors. You can find even for asset owners, which this is this is I think a little bit uh, more difficult. I still see and uh, and uh, I think uh, because they don't yet understand completely uh, why they they need to learn more about this as well because their role is also very important it's vital in this process because yeah. they are going to use the building or the asset and it's important yeah maybe they don't need to learn python or who knows maybe it can help you anyway you don't know right maybe you can use it to to Uh, automatize something or to automate something or to do something else i don't know to to connect it to a dashboard or something to see data in a in a different way but uh, yeah i think the most important thing is then they need to be aware and how can they use this as a resource afterwards and have full control and You know, it's not very fun to like have arguments with other parts in a project because there was some kind of misinformation or misunderstanding or something. And that's really tiring uh, to do. And I think for them, it's it's important to understand that BIM can really help with these kind of things. There's like, you know, don't, it don't, doesn't necessarily have to be a lot of discussions. 
just look at the data. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Eric. It was very nice to talk with you. Uh, thank you very much for uh, everything and for the taking the time to be here with us and sharing your experience. Uh, thanks for having me. It was really fun. So I'm um, looking forward to hearing, hearing the next podcast. Awesome. You must start now listening to podcasts as well uh, on the top of watching webinars and everything else. If you were not yeah, doing that before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you.